2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked on Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine. We're joined today by Malik Wright at Wright Report, part of the Right Way Sports Network. We're gonna talk about the Bengals free agency period today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the bell if you want notifications, and hit that follow button. On your audio apps, we're delivered to your eyes and ears whenever there's breaking Bengals news. And this is our third podcast today. So if you missed it on your drive home when we broke down Alex Kappa or Ted Karras and BJ Hill, well, you can turn on those alerts in the future so you don't miss out in the future. Malik, busy day. You only had one fun emoji slash gif for the Bengals today, which was, Alex Cappuccino, when you said you needed some coffee, but you've been on it for Bengals news. Big day for the Bengals so far. What are your initial thoughts?
3: I thought it was a huge day for the Cincinnati Bengals. First and foremost, guys, thanks for inviting me back on the show. Excited to be here with you. Uh, I thought it was a huge day for the Bengals. And the exciting thing is, in the words of Kobe Bryant, I think they're not done yet. So
0: yeah. That is, that's the exciting thing, right? And it's uh after a bunch of speculation, and we were talking before the show, like biggest surprise. And at some point we can get into Jake's biggest surprise. But since we're talking about Kappa, mine is I get home from the gym at like eleven thirty-five ish and I'm like, all right, noon is the big time, but the, the Bengals aren't gonna do anything, like not gonna do anything right then, right from the jump. Come on. And so I'm sitting here. And I, I look and it's 1201. And I, I just tweeted out a free agency tracker thinking I'm going to track all these other moves. And oh, Alex, Alex Kappa, oh, four year deal, For, 40 million bucks. And it turns out to be 39, 35 base. But still, we'll, we'll get into the contract details. That's the biggest surprise to me. I, I mean, it's the fastest transaction. And I know it's not official, but the fastest announcement in Bengals free agency history, Malik. It's got to yeah. be.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the Bengals were the first team. They were the first team, which shows you one thing, guys, for all of you out there who are saying the Bengals don't care. All right. The only thing is they keep their money to themselves. No, they <laughs> played ball. They came to play. They're talking about championships like Drake and future. I got a really big team and we need a We need a really some really big rings or whatever the case would be. And that's what the Bengals are focused on, man.
2: <laughs> Alex Kappa was indeed the first announced tampering deal. It took about two minutes. Very, very quick for this deal to come together for Alex Kappa includes some Pro Bowl incentives worth a million dollars per year per Pro Bowl or per Pro Bowl year, I guess, a million dollars per year available to him there. He's also got a per game roster bonus, a, a workout bonus. Those are both likely to be earned, which means they count against the cap figure, the year one cap figure for Alex Kappa. Yeah, cap is $6.75 million. That's about 75%, a little bit more than 75% of his $8.75 APY average per year. And for Ted Karras, $5 million in a year one cap hit. So both of the offensive linemen that they added combine for just about a $12 million year one cap hit, a little bit less, which... I think, indicates that there's something else coming. Of course, Ted Keres, the other offensive lineman the Bengals signed on Monday or agreed to terms with, sorry, agreed to terms with on Monday. Signings cannot become official before Wednesday. The former Patriot and Dolphins offensive lineman has position versatility, as we discussed when they signed him earlier. But if you missed that, played a lot at left guard this year for the Patriots, played a lot of center the two years prior for Miami and before that for the Patriots. Seems like pretty good value to me, Malik, in these two guys who are going to be starters for the Bengals this year. Absolutely. And I think the awesome thing about them both is that they both have high
3: upside. You know, I feel like they haven't even tapped into their full potential. I mean, Ted Karras is a guy that played, uh, you know, sparingly with New England. He wasn't necessarily always the, you know, the set, and it was set at one position, so to speak. And you see Bill Belichick raved about him. He said the one thing you're going to get with a guy like Ted Karras is you're going to get consistency right and if there's one thing you can say about this Bengals offensive line that's the word they have lacked consistency 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 so it's good that they they got a guy in here who's coming from a winning culture in new england right and uh you know the fact that we're going to get some stability at the center position because that's what I fully expect him to come in here and be the Bengals starting center it's it's huge
0: it's huge and uh, i think the Bengals fan should be excited about this for sure and and let's uh I want to backtrack a little bit because we were talking about another Tampa Bay offensive lineman and Ryan Jensen was getting all the buzz. And as we were recording this uh, about 24 hours ago, uh, six o'clock, 630, something like that Sunday. Maybe it was a little later than that. Whenever, whenever Tom Brady, the goat said, Hey, I'm coming back. Well, everyone's like, Oh, well the idea of Gronk or the idea of Ryan Jensen. Well, that that just flew out the window. But I kind of think that was a blessing in disguise Malik. Because there's a ripple effect here. Jensen goes back to Tampa. The Bucks can't retain Alex Kappa. And, and Adam Schefter said that Brady called Kappa and was trying to, to get him back. And obviously that didn't happen. And it opens the door for the Bengals to get a 27-year-old starting right guard and shell out money that they've never really shelled out for a guard, which is something we all wanted to see. Do you think that the Bengals get Jensen if he hits the market or do you think they would have been left looking at Kappa returning to the Bucks and potentially Jensen going elsewhere?
3: I think for sure the Bengals don't get Alex Kappa because I believe Alex Kappa would have signed back with the Buccaneers, right? Because the dollars didn't just didn't make sense to, for them to bring them both back, Um now, if we're talking about Ryan Jensen, I know the Bengals were interested. I don't know if necessarily the Bengals would have been able to land him because his market would have been insane. It would have been insane. And it also feels like Ryan Jensen sort of took a little bit of a pay cut you know, to stay with Tampa. He certainly could have commanded a lot more. I think the biggest thing that's shocking to me about the Ryan Jensen deal is that he didn't take less years, so to speak, because we know Tom Brady, it, you know, he might not have retired this year, Right. But we know he's nearing that. If he's pulled a Brett Favre on us already, we know he's near that. So with that being said, if you're Ryan Jensen, why wouldn't you want to retest the market when Brady, you know, is ready to to, to say he's done? You could have took like one of those Gronkish type deals where Gronk, it's pretty much a year to year type of deal uh, because we know Ryan Jensen wanted to play with Tom Brady. And we knew one thing for sure, two things for certain. Ryan Jensen was, you know, when Tom Brady announced that he was coming back, he wasn't going to come back without a starting center.
2: So. A lot left to do in free agency, of course. And without Ryan Jensen on the table, Ted Karras is the pick. There's still a, a offensive line spot that I think remains to be filled, but I think there's also a number of other needs that remain to be filled. One of them that is less pressing, the last deal that we haven't talked about yet, is B.J. Hill returns to the Cincinnati Bengals. Larry Ogunjobi has moved on. He will be moving to the Chicago Bears. was the initial report on the APY, the annual average per year value for Larry, Yogan, Joby got a big three, three year contract, right guys. And the Bengals, I think rightly weren't in that market. And for those that have been following me personally, I've been on the extend BJ Hill train since November, BJ Hill gets a four year deal worth up to $40 million. We don't know the exact terms there yet. We don't have the, the cash flow or cap details for B.J. Hill's deal yet, but this does make the interior defensive line spot less of a need for this team. And we'll find out how they've structured the deal. So far, the year one cap hits have been between, like I said, 75 and 85% of the average annual per year, so you could expect B.J. Hill's year one cap hit if it's in line with these other deals to be between 75 and 8.5% million dollars which by my math assuming the departure of Trey Waynes and Trey Hopkins who we'll talk about maybe he comes back on a smaller deal maybe not that would put the Bengals around 22 to 24 million i would say in remaining cap space and i think there's still quite a bit of cash to be spent as well probably still about 50 million in cash to be paid to players on in 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 this year in this 2022 league year, so we'll talk about what's remaining to be done for the Bengals in this free agency period coming up next.
0: Bet online is a one stop shop for all of your March Madness needs. Look, I get it; we're focused on free agency right now, but it's almost bracket time and you can fill out a bracket and you can do way way more than just that at bet online. They have odds, contests, player props and so much more. It's the best spot for all of the scores, highlights and more and it's easy to sign up. You just go to bet online. It's real simple to use. You can use your cell phone, use your PC, your laptop, your tablet and you can start wagering today. So don't delay. And it's not just basketball and it's not just college. You can wager on NBA, you can Start looking at those big game odds, those division odds for the 2022 NFL season. Now that we know Joe Burrow has some pass protectors all in one spot. Bet online. So head to the website today. Check them out. Bet online where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get
2: the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys. Three big moves for the Bengals today. No doubt about it. One minor move. James, you, you hinted at this early. The most shocking move of the day. To me, before we get into to looking at the remainder of free agency, was the tendering of Fred Johnson as a restrictive free agent. The way that he was treated all year, I thought there was a 0% chance that he would be back. The smallest move of the day for the Bengals, also for me personally, the most shocking. The second most shocking thing to me, James, as you mentioned earlier, is that the Bengals were the first move. I think I would have given those equal odds Quite frankly, Malik, for you, what was the most surprising thing the Bengals did on day one of the negotiating period? I think that, um, I, I think it would have to
3: be the Fred Johnson move only because I agree with you, you know, the way that, you know, things shook out from you. And I had Isaiah Prince starting over him, you know, in the postseason and things of that nature. And I, I, I honestly felt like Fred Johnson gave us a better chance, if I'm being completely honest with you. So it was kind of shocking to see that. But if I have to go with a second place, it is the fact that the Bengals were the first team, right? Not, not that they were active. I expected them to be active. I didn't expect them to be the first team, the first deal uh, announced until I got a text message, and then it's like, wow, okay, they're going to be the first team. Um, I think the next, the next big thing for me was the fact that they landed Ted Karras. I mean, Ted Karras has been a guy that has been mocked to the Bengals in, in, in trade scenarios. I want to say for the past two seasons, and the fact that they actually went out there and, and, and got the guy right. Um, there's a reason why you guys didn't see me post, uh, uh, you know, any gifs about Ted Karras because. I certainly did not expect that move. Uh, I wasn't around my phone at the time, and I simply just log on Twitter. And you know, usually I'm 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 pretty up to date with those type of things. And it caught me off guard a little bit. I said, "Wow, this is a th- to me th- this was a winning it was a winning move, right? It was a, it was getting a guy with with uh, playoff experience who's played in big time games, who has as James had to remind me, who has two championships, you know, coming to Cincinnati and bringing that that stability and that leadership. And if you see the way Bill Belichick has talked about him. He said, "The one thing you get with this guy is consistency. You know what you're getting, and that's something that Zach Taylor, that Frank Pollock, that the entire Bengals coaching staff has really preached. They want guys that are consistent. You know what you're going to get out of them. There's, that's the reason why Jackson Carmen, you know, didn't, you know, wasn't a starter all throughout the year for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was a starter in spots because they said." We want to see consistency out of him. So the fact that you got a guy like Ted Karras in here, you got a guy like Alex Kappa in here, guys who are consistent, guys who still, I still believe there's a lot more meat on the bones, especially for uh, Alex Kappa. It, it's huge. It's huge. It was a huge, it was a huge acquisition.
0: Yeah. I, I like the Karras move. I love the versatility. Yeah. That, that's what's fun to me, you know, because if if there's a, a center they like in the draft, you know, if Linderbaum's there at 31, then it's not necessarily a dilemma. If he, he's their 15th ranked player, right? You just take him. And you can start all three and, you know, figure it out from there. And now suddenly you even have more depth. Not that that's the most likely thing, but it's just good to have versatility. And like uh, you guys both said, I I do think he's going to be the starting center. So we have Jonah Williams at left tackle. You got the center in uh, Ted Karras. You got Alex Kappa at right guard. Two spots still. Left guard. Could be Jackson, Carmen, and feels like it could be Carmen and those guys battling it out. We'll see, and I, I want to get to that. Or is it the tackle spot? It feels like they would be more inclined to address the right tackle position. Malik, how do you think they're they're going to do that? Is it a Lyle Collins move where the reports are that a trade seems unlikely and a release is more likely? Do you think they have their eye on some of these other veteran linemen that are out there right now? Because the the right tackle market specifically – it's pretty shallow. And so there's only a couple of guys I think that would be true upgrades. So uh, this is the first time I'm, I'm actually
3: ever commenting on the Lyle Collins situation. So here it is. I, I think that the Bengals definitely will have interest in Lyle Collins. And there's a there's one reason why, Frank Pollock. Frank Pollock is a huge reason why Lyle Collins was even a Dallas Cowboys. If you guys remember when Lyle Collins came out, he had a lot of... Uh, he had, he had some interesting things going on with him and uh, at LSU, and I know there was a police investigation going on. And uh, Frank Pollock was w- one of the few offensive line coaches that that was enamored with the guy. He was really really impressed. It was Frank Pollock's first you know offseason as the the new offensive line coach for the Dallas Cowboys, and he was a, a he was a big reason why Lyle Collins felt like he wanted to uh, you know sign with the Dallas Cowboys as an undrafted free agent because he certainly had other teams he could have went to, um, and so he did right? Lyle Collins, for the, for those of you who don't remember, Lyle Collins was supposed to be a first round pick, but because of the investigation, it, it, it threw him all the way out of the draft completely. Uh, so I think the fact that Frank Pollock, a guy that was enamored with him, that gushed over him, that literally spoke glowing, gl- you know, Frank Pollock doesn't speak glowingly about a lot of offensive line, linemen. He speaks, you know, very highly about about Lyle Collins and what he brings to the table and how he's nasty and physical, you know, all the Frank Pollock words, glass eater and all that kind of stuff. Uh, He's Frank Pollock's type of guy. And I said last night on another show I was at, I said, I think the best thing for the Bengals might be if, he actually does hit the open market and people said what are you talking about what do you mean by that i said because of the familiarity mm-hmm. because he's going because and and the bengals are probably not going to have to give up anything to, you know to, besides obviously cap space to get the guy in here and you, you get him on get him get you, you're able to get him uh, on a deal so to speak that's that's potentially even even more t- team friendly potentially we'll see um so i i'm personally excited to see that aspect. But I also think that guys like Darrell Williams have done a little bit of a wrench in the plans, right? We don't know how that's going to shake out. That's a guy the Bengals have loved the last two off seasons, definitely last off season, so to speak. So the fact that he's uh, available now, right? We know the bills are already saying, Hey, we're going to bring him back. But the fact that a guy like Daryl Williams is available, uh, is he, is he cheaper than Lyle Collins? Do you, do you like him? Do you like him that much that you're willing to go go with him over Lyle Collins? And I think that again, the Bengals are going to look at it like dollars have to make sense. I said it, and I've said it time and time again. The Bengals are not going to just immediately go crazy just because they have a quarterback on the rookie contract. The Bengals are going to continue to be smart about it. They're going to continue to trust their process and add the right pieces at at a, at a rate that they that they like to. Um, certainly they'll pay for guys if they certainly believe in their value. And I know that the Bengals value offensive tackles a lot more than they value interior uh, offensive guys. So, um, I, I definitely think a Lyle Collins move and a Daryl Williams potential move. Uh, one, one of the, uh, one of the two is definitely on the table and I'm excited to see which one they go with.
2: Yeah. I think that Daryl Williams is a really interesting guy that that's hit the market because we know the team likes Daryl. Daryl Williams, he never made it to the market last year. I think that was disappointing for them. I think they would have been interested if he made it to the market. He has great, a great build, like incredibly long arms, go-go gadget arms. Uh, people last year when we were doing our free agency preview heard me talking about how he just toyed with TJ Watt when the Bills played the Steelers two years ago. Not sure if he had as good of a time last year, but he was also moving around a lot for the Bills which I'm sure contributed to his up and down year. He was playing a lot of right guard for them in addition to right tackle. I think he's still a right tackle. But to me, man, it it seems like Lyle Collins is, is the fit. He's younger. I think he's a better athlete. I think he's a better player. And the connection goes both ways. You know, if you're telling me that Frank Pollock loves Lyle Collins and Duke Manyweather is telling me that Lyle Collins loves Frank Pollock, well, uh, it makes a whole lot of sense, man. Yeah. Hey,
0: and, and that would be the the reason why the Bengals might say, because there's a lot of fans out there right now saying, why not trade for him? Just get him. They may say, oh, no. Fra- it, it, that's the thing. Frank knows and the Bengals know that Lyle Collins' agent. We know it, it's Joe Mixon's agent. And so it's real easy to communicate with Joe Mixon's agent. And so if it's like, hey, once we get released – we're definitely willing to come to Cincinnati and we want to chat and we want to join Frank and we want to relink. Like it might be that simple. We want to keep Burrow upright. And, and if again, I'm talking about Peter Schaefer right here and, and Lyle Collins agent. So if that's the case, if you're the Bengals, you just sit there and you let it play out, assuming he does get released. So th- that's the part of it. I think people just assume a lot of them that the Bengals would be priced out of a Lyle Collins type contract. If he hits the market and given what we've seen so far, I don't think they're priced out at all. Right, right,
2: right. I think I, they're uh, yeah, they're sorry, Malik. I think they're playing in the in the sandbox. Right, they're playing in the same this with the same toys as everybody else this year. And and so I think that if a guy like Lyle Collins wants to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, I think that this is a, a deal that could get done. Especially as you mentioned, James, with the familiarity between agent and team. Although. We, we, we got to get back to Malik's point here, and we'll do that in just a minute.
0: But first, I have to tell you about rockauto.com. There's nothing worse outside of having an unreliable offensive line than having unreliable transportation. It's the worst, and rockauto.com can help you stay on the road for less. It's the same quality parts that you're going to get at any dealership or any big box store, but you're going to pay less. Why spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts when – You can do the work yourself, or you could just save money on parts and have your buddy do it. If your buddy's a mechanic, whatever the case is, on something as simple as fuel filters, which, yeah, I turned to Rock Auto for something that simple. I'm no mechanic, but I'll do the basic stuff, and rockauto.com saves me money. They can save you money as well. They're a family-owned business. They've been in business for more than two decades, so check them out right now, rockauto.com. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck, and be sure to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Malik, before we move on to other positions, one last point it looks like you had on Lyle Collins and the right tackle spot.
3: Yeah, I, I think the thing that's also, uh, you know, you talked about people think that immediately the Bengals are going to be uh, outpriced when it comes to Lyle Collins and things of that nature. Um, I think the fact is uh, everyone, a lot of players in the National Football League saw the run that the Bengals went on. A lot of players in the National Football League saw the, that that Joe Burrow got sacked 70 times and never once did he throw his offensive lineman under the bus, no matter how many times he came off the field limping up and down. And we knew the guy was in pain, right? You didn't need him to say it. You knew he was in pain. Um I think that for for an offensive lot for offensive lineman, that 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 excites them because they know that they're playing for a, a gritty guy. They know they're playing for a winner. And I think Lyle Collins, make no mistake about it, he's coming from the Dallas Cowboys, right? The Dallas Cowboys. I don't want to say they live in the playoffs, but they 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 certainly are a team that is, is used to playing for a playoff spot. Um, meaning, Lyle Collins. I, I have a hard time seeing Lyle Collins if if released wanting to you know, go to, go to, a uh, uh, um, up and coming team, so to speak a team that, that, that a team that,
2: you know, is rebuilding
3: a Jets. Yeah. A team that's rebuilding. So to speak, that's not something that I see him doing. I think that for a lot of offensive linemen, they're hoping that the Bengals actually call them and say, Hey, we're interested in you because it's an attractive spot to be, who doesn't want to play for Joe Burrow. That's my two cents though.
2: I, I want Lyle Collins to play for Joe Burrow quite badly <laughs> at this point. And, and you know what, man, if Joe Burrow is going to get on the phone and talk to former LSU offensive lineman, Lyle Collins, you're like, Hey man, come join LSU North in the jungle Bayou North, man. Is is that not persuasive to Lyle Collins? But of course I think that it would behoove us to talk about the other positions on the team because there are still some other holes. I think that the Bengals and it's something that we've talked about on this show. If there's a guy out there who can provide a little bit of sub package edge rush value at, you know, maybe a little bit of a lower rate than than expected, especially one of these veteran guys, I think the Bengals will be in that market. My speculation that a market may not materialize for Hassan Reddick was really off. He, he got a boatload of money <laughs> on Monday. That market materialized in a hurry with Philadelphia, but I still think there could be some interest there. I think that maybe they'll look to the draft for the interior defensive line, but they will get at least one more player on the interior defensive line because they currently only have three under contract for next season. And then the big one is who replaces Eli Apple to start at corner across from Shadobe Awuzie, even if Eli Apple is back, which I think all of us are kind of expecting that he's back in some capacity. I just think that at this point, no one's really expecting him back to start. Malik, what can you tell us about what we can expect from the Bengals on the defensive side of the ball the rest of the week, or maybe even at tight end if there's something coming soon there. I think I certainly think Eli Apple is going to be brought back to Cincinnati. I'm not sure if there's too many
3: teams that are knocking down that door saying, "Hey, we want you back." Even though he played very, he played very well considering what he how he played the years prior. I'll say that. Um, sure. I, I, I think that in terms of tight end, I think it's one of those things where Shijiazhuang the Bengals value him a lot more probably than other teams will. Uh, he's a good locker room guy, he's a great culture guy, and he wants to be in Cincinnati. Where do you honestly see, see CJ Zama leaving to go play elsewhere? For you know, I, I just don't see it. So, I, I think that CJ Zama will be brought back to Cincinnati as well but on the defensive side of the ball. I think Jake, you were right. I think the Bengals are can potentially add another cornerback. Um, I know they had interest last year in AJ Boye, right? The Bengals seem to take take interest in a lot of guys who have been written off, but. Have uh have a lot of uh, meat on the bone so to speak, or they may think that there's there's something there, and uh, I'm curious to see if they they'll kick that tire again to see if there's any interest level, especially when you know you, you you saw the type of play you got out of Eli Apple this season in this defensive scheme so to speak. One has to wonder if you add another cornerback that maybe people aren't as high on, you'll be able to get a maybe even a potential uh you know, trade for a guy that maybe is falling out of favor somewhere is a potential opportunity as well. So we'll see. I certainly expect the Bengals to add another cornerback. I do expect Eli Apple to be brought back probably as the fourth cornerback. Uh, Defensive end, I also think as a position that I think the Bengals will explore as well. Nothing too crazy. I see some rumblings. People keep tagging me about things about Chandler Jones. Um, Yeah, I think Michael Jackson will have to, you know, rise from the grave before the Bengals sign Chandler Jones just because I just don't think that that's a a spot that they're um, (laughs) – They're they're a a player that they're going to pay top dollar to, especially considering what Chandler Jones is going to command on the open market. So, yeah, those are where I expect the Bengals to go. And let's not replace Ricardo Allen. The Bengals still have to replace Ricardo Mm -hmm. Allen and get a guy that can play that third safety. Listen, Lou Anaromo likes to play with his three safeties every now and then certain defensive packets. So I think we should start paying attention to some guys that might be on the open market, maybe guys like Xavier Woods and things of that nature. But uh, there'll be a time and place for all that.
0: Malik telling the people that are are talking about Chandler Jones to beat it. And so uh, we did. I don't even think we mentioned Chandler Jones uh, on, on this pod much. Did we, Jay?
2: Because I, no, I just I, don't think it was realistic. A, yeah. Uh, that's such a long that, shot. Like him and Von right. Miller are both guys that are going to get paid. Uh one guy I mentioned at safety, Malik, and I just I'm going to gauge your facial reaction to this. So you can put a poker face on. Kareem Jackson, another guy that I thought might fit the mold if it was a one-year thing similar to Ricardo Allen just while we're on the topic of the the third safety. Oh, absolutely. I think Kareem Jackson's
3: an awesome. Is, is a he's a guy who's been playing at a high level for quite some time. And um you know, I guess he would certainly fit the Ricardo Allen type, right? Play, play good for a year and probably retire. So, um, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, the the other thing I, I'll mention, and it does feel like, and it, it's felt like they're going to try everything they can do uh, to bring back CJ Uzama. Do they go for another tight end? It's not a deep tight end draft. It's not like there's a guy at thirty one that they're going to consider. Is there any chance that they they take a, a swing on someone else to not necessarily replace? Uh, Mr. Drew Sample, but maybe replace the pass catching part of Drew Sample's game.
3: <laughs> I certainly don't don't rule it out. You know what I mean? I I, I haven't necessarily heard a name or even a uh, some people that they're looking at. I just think Titan is so low on the totem pole right now for them that they're you know they're focused on fixing the offensive line building up the trenches making sure they you know their quarterback doesn't get sacked 70 times again I think that's where the main focus is and then you know adding another defensive back I think everything else will start to take care of itself you know the Bengals always tend to find you know guys that people have written off and they can get more out of so I I think it definitely sucked to see certain certain titans getting franchise tagged and all and all this kind of stuff before the season started guys you're probably looking like what in the world because I certainly think the Bengals would have had some interest in some of these
2: guys Will Disley today, three years, $24 million. Mo Alley-Cox, yeah. by the way, who I, I thought was more in line with what I expected, three years, uh, $18 million, $6 million per year. So gives you an, any idea of, of where CJ's market may be. It's probably in between those two, maybe a little bit higher than Disley you would expect. So that'll be oh, interesting to watch. That's the
0: scary part to me. If I'm CJ <laughs> Uzama and Will Disley gets that, I'm like,
2: hey. hey Disley is that's younger. What I want. So, so there's that's
0: about- that. You see CJ Uzama doing the wellness shots on his Instagram, man. He's he's healthy, bro. He's I, know that, <laughs> I
2: know that I know CJ is better. I'm just saying that Disley's younger, and, and that's a factor. Also, the Seahawks just do weird stuff. Like, they weird. do weird stuff in the draft. They traded Russell Wilson, and they're bringing back all these guys anyway. They think Drew Locke's going to play quarter. I don't know. The Seahawks do weird stuff, but this is a Bengals podcast. Malik, before we let you go, what have we missed? What, what are the things that we're not thinking about that we should be thinking about? Looking ahead to the draft, we've heard a lot of noise about the Bengals looking defense at 31, which yeah. maybe tells you what their plans are in free agency for right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin Spain did a wink emoji. You quote tweeted that, I believe, with a wink emoji. Is there anything else that <laughs> we've missed that, that we should be talking about, Malik? Punter.
3: You know the Bengals have to go out and sure. have to sign a punter at some point, you know. That's a that's a position that's a you, position of need for sure. You, you
2: mean to tell me they're not going to draft Matt Areza after no. trading up to number 1 overall? Bengals showed no interest in Matt Areza throughout the week of the combine. They didn't even Shiver me Timber. Any other college punters that are, that are out there?
3: No, but Drew Christman, Drew Christman, who everybody uh loves yeah. in the state of Ohio is a guy that I think that the Bengals are anticipating to be getting a punting battle with uh Kevin Huber.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes a ton of sense because they carried him on and off all last year. And I wrote about eight different Bengals make practice squad move stories that involve Drew Chrisman, D-R-U-E. Um, I had to master that spelling, which is unique. Malik, where can uh, all of our listeners find your work, find you this week and, and throughout? Hang the on. Season? Sorry,
2: I got to interrupt you really quick here. And and. I hate to do it because we are going to get to that. CJ Uzama intends to sign a three-year, $24 million deal with the New York Jets, according to Adam Schefter, with the check There is your second qualified free agent departing the Bengals. They've signed two external guys, and now they've lost two guys. Uh, Worth noting on the compensatory note before we get to Malik's cool projects and and company and and the outro is – that is now probably, I would imagine, a fifth or sixth round pick in compensatory qualification for Uzama. And the $13 million for Ogunjobi currently stands, I believe, as a potential fourth round compensatory pick, depending on the ins and outs of qualified free agents and free agency. So just had to get that in really quick, because as I refreshed Twitter, I saw that Adam Schefter tweet.
0: Malik, your instant reaction to
3: the Uzama news? Very disappointing. But you can you can you can certainly upgrade the tight end position. Uh, OJ Howard. OJ Howard. Go all in. I guess you got to go all in for somebody. I mean, it's it sucks to lose CJ, but it is what it is. I think. Yeah, I'm 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 shocked. That that's very shocking because I know that's a guy the Bengals wanted to bring back. Yeah, Dave. I
0: I knew I know that too. Wow. I mean, he said I want
2: that Will Disley money, and they were like, "Well, you better go to the New York then and get it." So with CJ Uzama off the board at tight end, maybe a Gerald Everett. I, I, That's our next guy, I think, at tight end is is Gerald Everett. Yeah, Everett I, I would think be, that, and he's got familiarity with
0: Zach, so yeah.
2: And I think Rob Gronkowski is, is not very likely with the return of Tom Brady. Yeah. I would say OJ Howard, the other Tampa tight end, we, we talked about yep. him, maybe slightly more likely, but we'll see what happens there. That'll be a position to watch, as I think that, it seems like the Bengals thought they had some time to figure out CJ and uh, his market materialized quickly and he will take off for the big apple and the big spotlight, which, you know, for him and his future in media makes a little bit of sense. Malik, before we let you go, tell us what you do. Give the people your rundown. Yeah. Uh, CEO of the right way sports. Network. follow us TWSN on Twitter.
3: Follow me right report on Twitter. That's with two T's. And yeah, if you like gifs, gifts, or whatever you want to call it, definitely, definitely follow up, follow me. If you, if you're interested in riddles and all that kind of stuff, keep following James and and Jake, they do a a fantastic job with the locked on Bengals podcast as well. So
2: we appreciate that Malik. And for more on the Cincinnati Bengals, we have you covered throughout free agency week. So does Malik. So as he said, make sure you give him a follow for the latest and greatest. And we'll be back the next time the Bengals make headlines